Some shows lean left, some lean right, but we lean local and business. This is North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. For the next hour, we will celebrate the businesses in our area and the people that run them. Find us on Facebook at North Georgia Business Radio X and online at NorthGeorgiaBusinessRadioX.com. Now, here's Bo Henderson. It's a good day to talk about real estate. A lot going on, a unique year. We're going to get some insight from some local authorities. We're going to talk about some things that come up at the closing table and some things there when you actually close the loan. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton. Our guest today, Jessica Wade with Brokerage Atlanta and Scotty Ball with Stuart Melvin and Frost. This is our... Bill, I would have to call this our Real Estate Brain Trust show. And we got the best here to do it. That's right. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Y'all are too kind. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And before we jump in, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we have, if you want to refer to them by their their nicknames, we have the Gainesville Giggler and Jessica. And if you listen today, at some point you'll hear her giggle. I promise. And then we, Scott, We've had that recorded before. We got proof of it. Every show we have yes. that recorded during that. <laughs> That she's been on. And then Scotty, I just refer to as the closer. You know, just sounds like a good solid movie name or something. Awesome. There you go. It sounds like mafia to me, but anyway. Hey, well, let's go with that. So, Bill, you had some some ideas of some refreshing things that have been coming up. And you're talking about this market and this this economy and what's going on? Yes, we've we've had, Bo, as as we all know, we've had 14 or 15 months of mental and emotional downtime where – most of the time we were focus, focusing on everything that was bad and things that looked hopeless and that we would never return to normal situations. And two weeks ago when I attended the First Methodist Church, First United Methodist Church where I'm a member, we all of a sudden had to wear no mask. We could sit anywhere. The choir had no mask. When it came time to leave, we could leave on our own without waiting for ushers. Hymnals were back in the pews. We, wow. could, we could touch those. So there was just a great feeling of, hey, things are getting back to where they once were. And that to all of us is, is refreshing and hopeful. And we, it, it's a great breath of fresh air, isn't it? Well, Jessica, how about you? You've seen anything that comes to mind of things seem to be getting back to normal? Yes. So in the real estate world, we are able to attend closings. All parties can come to the closing table now. We don't have to worry about doing Zoom closings or parking lot closings. We can actually now sit around the table and have a closing in person. So that's very nice. Well, let me ask Scotty, is that a good thing or a bad thing? (laughs) I think it's a great thing. Uh, It was very, uh, we went through a long time where closings continued to happen, even in the middle of COVID, but they were vastly different. Like Jessica was talking about where people were not allowed to attend and that was horrible because the the especially the agents put in so much time getting the deals together and then you get to the fruition at the closing and they're not allowed to come i just thought that was terrible uh, and then, like Bill was saying, you know, all the Zoom and that kind of stuff, I think we're we're social creatures. I think that's the way we're made. And for us to not be able to see each other or shake hands, you know, that was just awful. So I'm, I'm 100% with Bill thinking this is a good thing. So the world's opening back up, business and beyond. Yes, uh, and, and you, Bo, having been a defensive end at UGA for three years, I know that you're anticipating the time like we all are when you look and all of a sudden 
there's a full stadium, and it does doesn't have cardboard pictures of people. That's right. <laughs> it's so, really fun. It's it a little colder. It's football season, and the stadium can be full. Yes, I'm with you there. Well, I got a funny story though about how things change. You know, I have a two and a half year old daughter, and one of the things at her daycare is one we had to wear masks to come in, and she had her temperature taken. We both did actually. Now they've stopped doing that for the last two weeks. But what's funny, she'll almost start crying because now she wants her temperature taken before she goes in. So isn't that funny? From her little perspective, that was normal almost. Habits are formed early. That's it. Well, so we're talking about that. Now, Jessica, I want to I talk to you a little bit about what's new this year. I know we checked in with you probably about a year ago. You're so busy, I hardly see you like, like we used to, but just catch me up a little bit. Yeah, so um, in our area, inventory is a huge issue right now. There's a lack of inventory in our area. I attribute it to a couple of things. One, um, new construction is kind of slowing down a little bit right now because of the increase in labor costs and materials costs. So we don't have as much new inventory hitting the market. And also, we have a lot of people relocating to our area. This goes back to the COVID thing. We have people who are like, Georgia was open. Georgia had kids in schools. I want to be there. And they can keep their jobs from where they were based on the telecommuting options that have started. So we have a lot of people relocating to our area from the city. We have a lot of people relocating to our state from other states. And then we have just the traditional um, seasonal real estate increases in the summer. And so we are seeing a lack of inventory, which is causing the demand to go high and causing pricing to go high. And you guys brought up a great point. I, I think, Scotty, you were bringing it up before we started the show about what happens. You know, we had, we had an offer on our house. And somebody said, hey, we really wanted that house. We didn't get in there in time when, when you bought it the last time. We'll pay you a good amount because we really love that location. And I was talking to Tabitha, and I was like, you know what? Even if we sold it, I don't have a better place I would go if we sold it. So, so are you seeing that as people, hey, maybe I can sell it for a good price, but then what? You're exactly right. The lack of inventory, you can sell it and make some good money, but then where are you going to go? That's, that becomes the problem. Now, if you're downsizing uh, to relocate somewhere else, you know, it's probably a good time. You're retiring maybe or something like that. And like Jessica said, one thing I can cons- um, certainly back up is folks coming in from other areas. Over the past year, I've done tons of closings from people coming from California, people coming from New York, relocating down here because we're open and uh, another thing is they find our pricing a lot less than they are used to in their home states. And so there's a lot more cash deals going on where people are qualified with a loan, maybe locally, but then they miss out because someone comes in from out of state with a cash offer and just snaps it up. So it's been a, almost like a shark feeding frenzy whenever something, you know, a good house comes on the market. It's, it's crazy. Never seen it like this in, in 20-something years. Isn't that fascinating? Some of, like you said, New York, California, they come here. And they sold a, a 3-2 ranch, and now they can buy a million-dollar house here, just the difference in the cost of living in the That's house. exactly right. And they're shocked by our, our tax base here being you know so little compared to where they were from. So and we have clean air. True. This is true. Well, Jessica, what are you seeing as far as – so if somebody is thinking about selling their house, and I want to follow up after the break on this one, any two or three points of, hey, it might be hard, might not be inventory, but what are some things I should do if I'm really thinking about making that move? 
Yeah, so I don't want sellers to get misled and say that they could ask whatever they wanted for their mm-hmm. home. There is still a price for your home. There's an appraised value, and so it is important to have that value um, before you go into the listing process. It's just, it's not an unlimited value that some people are thinking like, well, if I can get, you know, 800000 I'm like, yeah, your house is still only worth five hundred. But definitely, um, you know, talk to a real estate expert on that point. And then just preparing your home. Right now, because of the lack of inventory, there's not as much need to do some of those total room renovations. So like, I will tell people, don't worry about updating that kitchen. Don't worry about updating that bathroom. There are people willing to purchase the home in as-is condition. So it's not as difficult to get your home show ready as it once was. So, I'd, I'd like to ask, uh, Jessica, you talked about appraisal. Uh, annually, we get an appraisal from the county. What, yes. what relation to reality is that appraisal? So, so that is... There's a difference between appraised value, tax assessed value, market value. So we're seeing an increase in market value because of the supply and demand, but that's automatically increasing tax value. I noticed. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I, I, I fear next year it may even be a little more painful um, because we are having so many sales that our market price um, are they're higher than appraised value. Most offers right now are being taken with an appraisal gap guarantee of some sort or an appraisal waiver. Well, I guess my real question, I get this appraisal from the county. Is it too high? Is it too low? What What would be, uh, is, there, is there any way of answering that? Yeah, so the best thing to do is to reach out to a real estate expert and let them do a quick market analysis on your property, and they can give you the information on if it's worth you filing an appeal. And that's a fairly easy process through the Hall County Tax Assessor's Office. I I knew it would come up. We were going to get to taxes. I can never do a show (laughs) without taxes coming up. I want to answer a question. Should I stay or should I go? I'm getting that a lot when we come back from the break. I'm Bo Henderson here with Jessica Wade, Scotty Ball, and Dr. Bill Lampton. We'll be right back on North Georgia Business Radio X. Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go now? I feel like I'm singing a song. <laughs> should Please I do. stay I or stay should now. I go? There you go, there you go. <laughs> All right, this is Bo Henderson here with Jessica Wade, Scotty Ball, and Dr. Bill Lampton. And and that was the question I'm getting a lot in the retirement planning firm is people saying, hey, we bought a lot of equity in this house. We're in a good position. I'm thinking I can get top dollar in this market. Should I go ahead and sell it? And I think there's a little more conversation that needs to be had than just that. Jessica, thoughts? Yes, absolutely. You need to have a strategy in place for where are you going to go if you do sell. The likelihood of your property selling is very high right now. And the likelihood of you finding something and being able to purchase it with a contingency is very low. So you may have to make two moves. You may have to just... um, I have two people in campers right now. They're there by choice, but that's an option if you wanted to maybe start traveling and and do the mobile living for a little while. But just have a strategy in place. Have a conversation. Brainstorm all your options and figure out where it is you would go if you did sell right now. I've seen something similar. I do have a couple of scenarios where it was a choice. Uh, and I don't know if it's a choice I make because it involved 
extra moves, but it was to rent. Go ahead and lock in the, the high price rent for a while until something more attractive comes up and then move back into the housing market. That was crossing my mind as Jessica was talking about that. That's been a traditional option. Right. However, be be prepared on that side too because your rental inventory is also very slim out there right now. So. And very expensive. And very expensive. You're, you're right. The same house, you get a mortgage on it and then compare that to a rental of the same property and it's going to be like twice right now for the rental just because of the uh, the market conditions. So the rental price would be twice what you were paying for your mortgage? Correct. That That's pretty correct. shocking. It's that, amazing. That makes that tough. And, and I can say this too. Sometimes say we sell it but then we make a move out of necessity, and it in in the name of trying to make some money selling it at a high price, you make a move you don't like or you're unhappy with, and you have to move again. Oftentimes, it's more expensive working through that situation because you didn't have a good plan for what was next. I can tell you how many times I've had someone, I want to move to be close to family, and they sell a house, move there, and then six months later, that like, yes, that's not what I thought it would be. I don't like that family member anymore, and they're wanting to move again. And every time you move... There's a, there's costs and expenses associated with that. So I think I think the bottom line is that we that we keep coming to is, hey, it might be a good time to sell, but what are you going to do when you do? Right. Definitely, definitely have a plan in place. What's the contingency? Well, there, there's another thought that I have here, and that is, people are constantly saying, well, we'll downsize. I look around my house and I can't think of any <laughs> space that I am not using. <laughs> you know? And I try to think of being in a, a smaller place. When you've been in a place, as I have in this one, three decades, and all of a sudden you're talking, well, I'll go to a small apartment. You don't know what a shock that is until you step in the door of that <laughs> small apartment, you know. Well, yeah, I know. And moving's hard. Moving's not fun, or it's not for me. I remember last time... I thought I would do it myself, still thought I was young and able, and then I was like, next time I'm hiring a crew. I mean, it's just worth it. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's no such thing as an easy move, and it gets harder with every birthday. I remember I felt like <laughs> I, had, I wasn't grasping for breath since that way since I was doing like two a days in, in middle Georgia camp or something. It was ridiculous. Well, guys, Scotty. You shouldn't have lifted that refrigerator. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, when, when's it going to be? When's it going to be better? We're talking about what's coming up a lot of time is, wow. You know, I see the memes. I've got two two by fours in the bed of a truck, and it says, "I don't like to flaunt my wealth, but I paid cash for these bad boys." Right? Prices of materials are way up. Yes. When's it going to change? What's keeping it up? Help me understand. Yeah, uh, lack of inventory is okay. one, and they, so there's the supply chain has been broken due to slowdowns due to COVID, okay. and due to lack of labor. So. They're hoping and predicting that the price of lumber will start leveling out towards the end of summer. I don't know. Have you heard that, Scotty? That's what they said. And, and this week, the lumber futures dropped about 40%, which was wow. the first drop we've had in a long time. So that's very positive. But like Jessica said, the COVID shutdown, it's not just, okay, now we crank it back up and everybody's going again. It takes a long time to get those things back on, on the line. So uh, not just... Uh, lumber and plastic and roofing and, all, and labor, uh, those all add up, but also appliances. You know, a lot of people are still waiting months to get their certain appliances in. Just because the factories have been shut down, it takes a while to ramp it back up. Well, one of the things we're talking about, if we're listening, people are talking about how good the real estate market is, right? And you're hearing it. But then I'm also hearing from you guys, you know, there, there's some issues too, right? If I can't place people, um, where does it go? Or I guess, 
where do you see it going next? Does it need to come back to kind of a mean or an average to, to balance out to keep your businesses healthy or does it stall out? I and mean, I'm looking for your prognostication here. Crystal ball, what you got? I hope inventory increases uh-huh. and, um, and then it slows the, um, and I hope that interest rates increase a little bit and that will just kind of give our market a little bit of time to catch up, so to speak. Um, I don't see that happening anytime soon, personally. The demand is still so high. One of my recent listings had 33 offers. So when you look at 33 offers, that is 33 people trying to get that one home. So those aren't going to go away very quickly at this point. And, you know, in a normal market, what does it look like? You're, you're lucky to get one or two people really interested at home. I mean, it wasn't unusual a few years ago to have a three, six-month days on market. And now the average days on market for, I think, Hall County, we were about 60 days on market. But that's across the whole board, every price point. I would say most average-priced homes in our area were on the market six days That's right That's pretty remarkable. Yes, it's unbelievable. Another thing that's happened too that's a, rare, a fairly recent phenomenon uh, is the the influx of Wall Street money into the local re- residential market. Mm-hmm. Used to be Wall Street money would just buy apartment complexes and that kind of stuff. Now you have companies that are pulling the money out of Wall Street and buying the single family homes and just turning them into rentals as a business model. Uh, and that's something that's happened more. So now instead of you know, you, you got two people in town competing for the same house. Now you got the Wall Street guy in here too, right. and and they're paying cash and no contingencies and that kind of stuff. So it's it's tough for you know the local person to move up. Yeah, it's not a, lo- a level playing field in that case. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of rentals, I I saw on the internet a day or two ago where rental home communities are starting. They absolutely are. They're they're in our area, and they're going to continue to be in our area where the entire community is built just for the intent of being a rental property. Wait, so so it's new new communities being built to be a rental community? Okay, that's correct. That yes. is new to me. Yes. Wow, yeah, but there's a, there's a demand. There absolutely is, and I feel like we'll see more uh, multifamily housing apartment complexes. There's a lot of those coming into our area as well, just with the lack of housing, you know, affordable housing for our area. As prices continue to go up, our local work base, I think, will begin to struggle affording our local housing. So we're, there's different ways to get that affordable housing into our community. Guys, what's the outlook of people coming into this this county moving forward or do we have any other big big announcements with with companies or anything you've heard of i know there's been a lot recently yes jackson county and commerce up in that area there's a lot coming in there and they don't have the housing so those people are naturally coming over to the hall county area mm-hmm. so we do see and we do see that okay so continue growth well, one of the things I'd like to, as we're going going through this this process, and it makes maybe what there's a lot of real estate agents show up in this this market. You've seen a lot. You've been here a while. You've been doing this a while, but yes. but a lot of people are doing it. How do you navigate to make sure you come out the other end? What's what's the key? And I'm asking kind of what makes you unique in a way. But but what are you going to do? Because you're thinking ahead. You're not saying everything's going to be good forever. There's yes. going to be ups and downs. So, so what do you do? How do you yes, navigate that? absolutely. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that I can do is educate my client base mm-hmm. and just keep them abreast of what's going on and put together plans, long-term plans for every client that I have and just prepare for when those prices may come down or 
I'm also talking to a lot of my clients who may have filed for forbearance. And, you know, what does that look like on the big picture? Is there interest accruing on their loans? Does it make sense for them to refinance? Does it make sense for them to... Um, you know, to sell their home now, but it's just a, just putting plans in place for every different segment of business. You know what I hear? You're becoming more than a transactional person in their life. Yes. And guess what? I'll probably sell the next house or with you because you were somebody I could trust that helped me learn. Love that. I like that thing. Bo Henderson here with Jessica Wade, Scotty Ball, Dr. Bill Lampton. Now I want to talk specifically about Stuart Melbourne and Frost when we come back, and then we'll get to your brokerage or your business when we get back to Jessica. Right here on North Georgia Business Radio X. We're here with the Real Estate Brain Trust on North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm Bo Henderson, here with Jessica Wade with Brokerage Atlanta and Scotty Ball of Stuart, Melvin, and Frost. And one of the questions that came up during the break was, what about cash out? What about refinancing? Maybe I can't move, but should I take some of this equity that's run up and, and do some improvements to my house? And I can see both sides of it. Maybe that's an, maybe that's an option, but also maybe it's a little too expensive. Jessica, any ideas on that? Yeah, my biggest encouragement to somebody who's trying to make that choice is what is it going to do to your quality of life? None of us have a crystal ball of what the market's going to look like in six months. None of us really know what's going to happen to us personally in six months. But if it's going to improve your quality of life, whatever that modification or that remodel is, then I say explore it. Do do it. You only live once. So, you know, definitely that's an option when we can't really maybe move to what you would want. If you can't find those features, put them in your home where you're currently at. And yeah, I have found that too. Sometimes it's, it's a little easier to upgrade something than to try to find something else that's perfect, right? To try to make that. Now, listen to Jessica's advice. If anybody out there is listening, Tabitha, um, that means I, <laughs> I can get that massage chair that would greatly enhance my quality of life. So let's pull some cash out and do that. Scotty, any thoughts about the pullout or the refi? I, I like the way Jessica couches that as quality of life because mm-hmm. too many people look at the home as a pure financial investment. And, and it is, it's a big financial investment. However, it is, a, it's your life wrapped up in it too. So like she said, you know, if you can spend a little money and it improves your quality of life, do it. Uh, I, I would personally would never have bought a an ice maker for our house, but my wife loves it. It makes this shaved ice type right. thing like you get in the restaurant. And it was expensive, but we put it in, and she constantly talks about that. So, you know, for a you know, few hundred bucks, it was a great investment because it's made my life a lot better. Yeah, it makes her happy. <laughs> hey. Well, one of the things, too, we were thinking through is that idea of – specifically talking, you know, we talked about you guys, the brain trust. If anybody has real estate questions, send them in. I'm going to get them to these guys. They, they, they do a great job on the show when they visit, but I want to talk a little bit more about your firm, Scotty, Stuart, Melvin and Frost. Tell me a little bit about that, your background, how long you've been there. Uh, thanks. Uh, is, we're the oldest firm in town. Uh, I was shocked, as were many, when Welchville Dunlap closed their doors uh, last year. It okay. would, uh, with pers- they were a big competitor of ours, but they were good friends. And right. So it, it hurt my heart a little bit for them to shut down. 
But uh, so now we're the oldest firm in Gainesville and the largest firm as well. We do a little bit of everything. I'm in the real estate side. We've got the probate section and a litigation section and domestic relations, all the kind of stuff. We don't do any criminal work because we represent the county. So that would be a conflict of interest. But uh, we've got 18 lawyers. And uh, if you have a legal issue, love to talk to you about it. Odds are we can probably help. You've got somebody on the team that can help. And located over at the Hunt Tower. We're in the Hunt Tower, which, you know, downtown's a little different these days. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're out there and you hadn't been downtown lately, be prepared for a, a change of scenery because uh, it looks like Beirut sometimes with what's going on down there. But uh, hopefully at the, at the other end, it's going to be very nice. The plans look really good. Well, I was thinking maybe soon I see Scotty on a four-wheeler helping people get to the office, you know, with the parking. You know, it's funny. The, the city actually came out this week with a, a system where they shovel, shuttle people around the square in this elongated golf cart. It's like nice. eight or ten people, and it, it's kind of neat. They've got somebody just running around all the time. So Might be something yeah. they should keep. Yeah, beyond I think, I think beyond all the construction. Idea. Scotty, you mentioned the longevity of the firm. What year did it start? Well, you put me on the spot there, Bill. Uh, I want to say 1935, I think, is, is somewhere thereabouts. Uh, and there's been a lot of folks come through there, great judges, good lawyers. Uh, and just I came over when uh, Woody Stewart made me the old offer you couldn't refuse when I was a greeny weenie. And uh, hmm. I came over in 97, so I've been there. What is that? 24 years 25 years now so it's been a while um but uh i really enjoyed it got some good partners over there and when, when you're doing closing specifically your specialty when somebody i think a lot of times when people have a transaction like that they don't realize they can choose or maybe maybe they're getting some advice so if i know hey i heard scotty i've had i've heard great things about him can i choose you when i close my house absolutely you can and i actually have before. You do that. Yeah. yeah and thank you thank <laughs> yeah. you yeah. but they, they actually changed the realtor contract form a couple of years ago where you can designate where you want to close that didn't used to always be that way okay. so now you can plug in whoever you want to as long as they're you know approved by the bank and so forth okay and jessica what does what goes into that for do you recommend people that you know get the closings done and do it right or is it absolutely just- i want a good closing attorney that has their processes down and there's nothing better than scotty who has so many years of experience and i know if he gets the transaction whatever bump that may come up along the way he's going to be able to work through that seamlessly well speaking of that that you've done it i'm sure it's like some things that many years some of that you could do with your eyes closed but i i'm curious i'm sure you see very unique experiences sometimes Anything jump out in mind that you can say without getting any any kind of trouble of something just bizarre happening at the closing table? You know, table? I never give any names out, but uh, you're exactly right, Bo. The, the the paperwork part of it is pretty routine, but what makes it fun is the personalities because every <laughs> closing is different. Every set of folks that come through are different, and it's just a lot of fun dealing with the different folks that come through. Right. Some personalities. What about uh, common things that come up in closings that might uh, – Carl was whispering, he said, bumps in the road. Yeah. Things that could cause it to eh, maybe not go so smooth. Stuff that you would think that would be kind of common sense. Like everybody needs to bring their driver's license to closing. You know, sometimes (laughs) people show up, they don't have any ID. And I'm like, you know, how do I know you just didn't come in off the street? Uh, in fact, I had one a few years ago that was kind of interesting. We had a whole room full of people and the, the seller's, quote husband unquote didn't have his id with him and i said well we can close an escrow but you got to bring the id back and uh he was he got all real nervous and so forth and so we started to go through the numbers and he he asked me he said can we can we step outside for a minute and i said yes and so we did and it turns out that the seller 
female had brought her boyfriend and not her closing her husband to the closing. Oh no! Oh, so they they were going to sell the house, would not tell the husband. I don't know what was going on with the husband. But, uh, anyway, that, I know what was going on with them. Yeah, exactly. So I had to put the kibosh on that real quick. Uh, but you know, just stuff like that comes up from time to time, which is crazy. I had a couple of agents, a couple. It's been more than a couple of years ago now, but they got in an argument, which happens from time to time. People get arguments on the table. So part of my job is to keep things calm. But right. this one got out of hand, and then it was a female and male uh, and on both sides. And then somebody was calling names to the other, and it turned into fisticuffs at the oh, table, no. which I've only had that happen one time. Uh, but we had to break them up and throw them out of the office. That was an interesting situation. But it's not typically Jerry Springer. That's, that's okay. very rare. Very rare. <laughs> just enough to keep it interesting and that's fresh right. every you, once in a while. You just, you just never know. That's great. Well, something that we were talking, and I was thinking there's one piece missing in this whole process. How important is it to have a good mortgage person? Because it's kind of involved, right? Does it make your job easier when Absolutely. somebody's got all the stuff lined up the way and Jessica oh gosh yes yes the mortgage piece is is almost the most important piece because if they don't have the funds to be able to go through with the purchase then you're wasting our time nothing happens yes nothing can happen there's no money so Yes. And the worst thing that can happen is if you have what we call back-to-back deals where somebody's selling and they have another contract to buy, they're mm-hmm. using the proceeds, and then the first domino doesn't fall, then that really screws things up for the everybody on down the line. Movers are lined up, you know, people are ready to go, and all that kind of comes crashing down if the first one doesn't close correctly. And everything falls apart. Mm-hmm. Well, well, just to wrap up that mortgage piece, what's an example of somebody that maybe doesn't do it right, things that kind of start falling apart? Because I know I'm working with with a friend of ours, Jeremy, now, mm-hmm. and they're on top of it. They're making sure all the numbers, may, you know, so that the money shows up at the refi. Yes, um, I had a had a closing one time where the buyers were to walk away from the closing table with about eight thousand dollars. That's what the lender had said all along. Morning of closing, she emailed the buyers and said. Um, Sorry, you'll only be receiving $1,500 back at closing. And it turned into a tremendous argument. And it was because she wasn't educated on how much money the buyer could receive back from closing for that particular loan type. So it's so important to have those mortgage lenders that have a one, they have a reputation to protect. So using local lenders is absolutely, in my opinion, key. They are here. They're here, in here. our community. They, you can see them. You can touch them. And that would be my biggest advice is to use somebody here that has a reputation and do some, you know, talk to their referral source and see how do they check out. Got more real estate when we come back. Been here with Jessica Wade, Brokerage Atlanta, Scotty Boss, Stuart Melvin and Frost, Dr. Bill Lampton. I'm Bo Henderson. Be right back on North Georgia Business Radio X. in real estate closing we've even gotten to some mortgages we only have a mortgage person here but you're going to learn all kinds of things here on north georgia business radio act especially when we have the real estate brain trust jessica wade and scotty ball before we went to the break bill you had a question come up you were thinking something yes as i as i look back over my previous careers they involved moving every three to five years until i Became a consultant and didn't move anymore. So I've, I've been through quite a few purchases and sales of homes. And one of the things that I always found as strictly a lay person not trained in economics, 
is that when many of us go into buying or selling a home, it's rather complex because we come across a lot of terminology, a lot of data that we just don't know much about. And so I'd, I'd like to ask Scotty and Jessica, what do you do to fill in those gaps with people who are not really on your wavelength economically in their education? Yes, yeah, so I have a so I have a home buyer's guide and a home seller's guide that I give to every client before we start the process. And it has a list of all the terminology that I'm going to be using through the process. I want to come from a place of education and I want to teach my clients these terms and I want them to be confident in the offers that they're presenting to sellers and I want them to be confident in them selling their home in the process and how that's going to look. So there is so much terminology. It is your largest investment. Not only are you trying to go through this process, but it's also emotional at times. So there's a lot of times I understand that I'm going to say these words to you and you're going to listen, but you're not truly going to hear and understand. And you're going to ask me again, and that's okay. I have the patience to help and coach people through those different items that are going to come up through the process. Oh, I would think that guidebook would be very welcomed. Absolutely. I love giving those things out. And then it helps me. I can say, you know, turn to the turn to the definition page. Do you see due diligence? This is what that means. And they can relearn and, and truly understand what am I trying to get them to do and, and work through that process. I like the way Jessica talked about that, too. One of the big differences in residential real estate, homes and those kind of things, versus commercial real estate with offices and that kind of stuff is the level of emotion that goes into the transaction. Uh, commercial deals are all about the numbers. And, you know, what the numbers say, people don't really get too involved emotionally, but residential is so emotional. Uh, people selling their home that they've lived in for 30 years, like you were talking about, Bill. And that's, you know, starting a new chapter is very difficult, and it's difficult for people to break away and start new things. Uh, so there, there's a lot more than just going over numbers and terms. There's a lot of hand-holding and a lot of uh, compassion that you have to express. So um, one of the things I remember hearing many years ago was people do business with those that they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. And trust is something that's so important, especially in, in the real estate world. So, you know, with an agent that you feel trustworthy, that you can confide in, they become almost a counselor uh, more so than just an agent trying to sell the home. They're helping you do all kinds of things that go with that. So it's very important. And I think sometimes what I've found is that it might take a little longer to truly educate, explain through the process. But how often, if you do this much, does it avoid that falling apart at the table when there's a surprise that somebody didn't understand that pops up, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think going through the process, you learn a lot of those what ifs when they come up. And so preparing everyone for the what ifs, what if this happens and just letting them see the bigger picture and seeing how it's going to look and, and that there could be some changes to the way that the picture perfect way. But it doesn't mean it's not going to get to the closing table. It just means that we're here to work through the, any issues that may come up. And got their back. Absolutely. You're going to see them through this. Well, we talked to Scotty about the firm. Jessica, I want to talk to you about your, your business. Yes. Right? So tell me, somebody's sitting there thinking, wow, they've said a lot of things that's overwhelming. I did have that thought about selling, maybe not. How do you come in? What do you do that's unique and different versus I go in the phone book and there's a thousand real estate agents. Why do I need to call Jessica Wade? 
Yes, I would love to just talk with anybody who's considering moving or considering buying their first home or any of any of those diff- big decisions that the way it relates to real estate. Um, I'm very passionate about what I do. Like Scotty said, I have a lot of compassion for my clients. I have my senior real estate specialist designation. And going through that process, I learned a lot about the compassion piece of it, but also the knowledge of helping the um, senior community downsize. I've learned a lot about the different housing options that may be available to them. I have a list of trusted vendors that can help them through potentially estate planning, estate sales, helping them go through their items, talking with their family members, putting together a plan that would be best for them. Um, And I think just with the combination of my years of experience in real estate, as well as the different education and designations that I have, I just, I want to be there as a place of education and a place of help. Yeah, and you can quickly tell when somebody's showing up to be a resource versus let's make this transaction. Absolutely. And and that comes through. So one of the things, I do want to spend a couple minutes each. This is where it gets personal, so don't get nervous. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> but this, this is about beyond work, right? Scotty, tell us a little bit about you, Scotty Ball. This is separate from the, the firm. What is it you love to do? I, what, what makes your life rich, if we're using my language, right? I, I like I've got that. some ideas of what I see you doing, like, like the, the hikes and stuff, but tell me. I like that. I, what makes your life rich? Because you're not your job. You know, you just right. you, you have something that you do to make an income, and then you do other things that you enjoy. Uh, I've enjoyed my family growing up. I'm blessed to be from Gainesville, so this, this area is wonderful. Uh, I've seen enough of the world to know this is where I want to be and where mm-hmm. I want to stay and raise my family. So the kids are almost grown. They were sort of my life for the last 20 years or so, ball games and plays and performances and that kind of stuff. And it was wonderful. And now life is, uh, you know, a journey that you go through. So I'm in the next season. So right now, it is, when I have free time, it's fun to go up the mountains and hike around. I've got a motorcycle I like to ride up in the mountains. It's a lot of fun. Um, but that that's what I like to do is to get outside. I think nature is a good way to recharge yourself, to decompress. Yeah the stress down well so i see you all the time i mentioned that posting of, of different hikes do you have a favorite or one that jumps out recent or something you know we're, we're blessed to be in a real rich area where you can go an hour hour and a half and have so many different experiences uh, but i like view hikes are my favorite uh, blood mountain is fantastic yona mountain is hard to beat and it's just you know not even an hour away but then across the line of north carolina the blue ridge parkway has a whole lot of variety of, of things to go see and do it's just a wonderful area. Feel very blessed. Yeah, if you want to know what Scotty did over the weekend, just check uh, Facebook on Monday. <laughs> That's right. We'll see where he, where's Scotty. Is this this new this new game we do? We where's, thought, where's Waldo? That's where's right, Scotty. <laughs> Jessica. You knew I was going to come to you. What beyond real estate? We know you do that. You do it well, but. What is it that makes your life rich and meaningful? It would be my family. So I have three kids. I'm in that other season of life than Scotty. I'm not quite there, almost. I have a 20-year-old in college. He still lives at home. I have an 18-year-old, just graduated high school. And then I have a 14-year-old. So we're still pretty active um, with in their lives right now. I'm pretty hands-on. And I just love spending time with people. That's my thing. You know, I'm so thankful restaurants are opening up again and that I can go and hang out with my girlfriends at a restaurant and have coffee with a friend. Um, Those things, you know, people, but I just love being around people. The relationships. Bill, anything come to mind for you? I'm curious about what makes your, your life rich. 
Well, I, I think two or three things. One, uh, I would put at the top of the list uh, my two wonderful daughters. Mm-hmm. One of them is coming to see me this weekend. The other came to see me two weekends ago, and then they both were with me several months back. They, uh, One's a pharmacist. One is a speech pathologist. They've had great careers. Uh, four grandchildren, and I think that's the finale. I don't think there would be any more. <laughs> so uh, family would come number one. Uh, one, of the, one of my daughters is in Columbia, South Carolina, the other in Savannah. So we're within a, a good day's drive of each other. And, of course, keeping up with their children's activities is, is great. And if you've been on Facebook, you've seen my little puppy, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Uh, Georgia and I walk, and now that the temperature has gotten so hot during the middle of the day, it's early in the day and late in the day. And I'm I'm a very avid exerciser myself. I've started getting up and walking around... 6 a.m. for a mile or two when it's it's real cool. I love the outdoors. Seems like a theme. We have relationships, activity. Now, Scotty, anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do it? Call the office. Um, 770-536-0101 is the number, or just a Google search, and you can find me on the website. Email me anytime. There you go. Jessica? JessicaWadeRealEstate.com, or you can Google Jessica Wade Real Estate Agent. I don't know about you guys, but I had a lot of fun today. We got a lot of questions answered about real estate, the local market. And that last part was kind of my favorite. Us talking a little bit about everybody as a person and what you are beyond the business. And that's what we have fun doing. But had a good show, Bill. What do you think? I, we've had these two on before. It was, it's always very knowledgeable and very enjoyable. We might just have them back. See you next time right here on North Georgia Business Radio X. You've been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. What local business do you know that should be highlighted on our program? Let us know. Just search North Georgia Business Radio X on Facebook or contact Bo at businessradiox.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And remember to support our local businesses.